make it a baker's dozen. Yes, welcome into the R.J. Bell Dream Preview Major League Baseball Podcast alongside Griffin Warner. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and we hope to be as perfect as the Tampa Bay Rays, who have tied a Major League record 13 straight wins to start the 2023 campaign. Griffin, in your wildest imagination, did you think the Rays were going to get off to this good of a start? I mean, I don't want to start, like, deep and dive into my like deep dives into my mentals. I feel like it's dangerous for you, for the listenership, for anyone that's involved. But um, I mean, I thought the Rays were good. I know the Rays have been good for a long time. I know they have a smarter analytics department than seemingly anybody, no matter how much money they spend on it or not. Uh, but no, I did not see 13-0, though. Uh, in hindsight, now we at least have a test, right? Uh, going to Toronto, uh, finally placing, playing a team with a pulse, maybe? Yeah, you would think uh, for this matchup coming up here on Friday. Uh, so they finish the sweep of the Red Sox 9-3, and they start their season with sweeps of the Tigers, Nationals, A's, and a four-game sweep of the Red Sox. Really concerning for Boston, I'd say, because, you know, it's so early in this season but when you look at the American League East standings right now and you realize the Red Sox are like eight, nine games out, like, that's a lot, even though it's so early in the season. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we might need to realize who the Red Sox are. I mean, they, they're literally, I saw, because I'm from the area, um, one of a, a former baseball coach of mine actually um, posted a picture of uh, a Fire Bloom number two shirt, um, at Jersey, I think, and they're like, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of these popping up. Um, unfortunately, the Red Sox have big budgets. We've seen them win World Series in the last two decades, but this is not the same franchise. They don't really seem to know what they're doing. Um, I thought that maybe this year their bullpen would be better, but they were getting pretty disrespected by the Lions against the Orioles in that first series at home. Um, then coming to see them lose four straight to a really good Tampa team, but still, I got a lot of questions about the Red Sox, and I feel like the marketplace are one of those teams that will always give them a little bit too much respect. The second best record in Major League Baseball belongs to the Minnesota Twins at 9-4 and four after a dismantling of the Yankees in the first game of their set on uh, Thursday night. And so <laughs> you look at this Minnesota Twins team, Griffin, and are they for real? And is this the team to beat in the Central Division? I mean, we got to also look at some of those schedules. Certainly uh, hosting the Astros, two out of three, winning the first two and losing the Sunday getaway day, um, which probably factored into your system in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. um, but fairly easy schedule so far, but got the job done against the White Sox, lost a close opener, and then won the next two uh, in a home series. But, you know, I don't know. I, I When I look at their lineup, I still feel like there's a lot of holes in it. I don't really trust their bullpen whatsoever. Um, and I feel like... Uh, I mean, I guess in the central of all places, you can clearly come out of nowhere and win. Uh, there's not a lot of quality teams in that division. Um, I, I'm not as willing to buy the Twins just yet, but certainly off to a great start. Well, let's take a look at the schedule for this weekend. We'll run down the card on Friday and kind of go through the series, some of the series that are uh, beginning here on Friday and some series that have already begun last night on Thursday. We'll start with the Marlins and Diamondbacks beginning a three-game set in Miami. Madison Bumgardner, who has continued his fall off a cliff, will go against uh, Trevor Rogers in this one, Griffin. In the opener, you have Miami 
uh, as lined, what am I seeing here? 150, 155 over the Diamondbacks? I know Mad Bum has had a, a rough go of it, but the Diamondbacks, I feel like, are a pretty decent team. I'm surprised by this line. What about you? Um, so there's a lot of love for Arizona, I feel, like coming into the year based on their young team and their kind of up-and-coming minor league successes that are now uh, Corbett Carroll and the like that are playing the bigs. Um, I'm usually hesitant to buy those type of teams coming into a year because they haven't proven they can do it at this level. And I feel like, um, yes, there are some Chris Bryant type successes that, that happen for newly promoted players. But for a team full of them, I'm still questioning it a little bit. Um, definitely the line seems gigantic. Uh, I do think this factors in a fair amount of Miami just knowing how to pitch and having a bullpen, which Arizona does really, really does not. Mm. Um, it's a long way away from home as well. I don't know exactly if the body clocks are going to be off for this one necessarily, uh, but that's not too much of a, of, of a draw. But I think the hard part for me with this number that you suggested is uh, Madison Bumgarner. We know who he is. Yes, he might have some really bad days from time to time, but I feel like we've been kind of calling him dead for years and years and years, and he still has – uh, the ability to get through five innings, give up two runs. On the other side, I feel like in the opener, it's really hard to know what you're going to get from Trevor Rogers. He he just, I mean, he was so good a couple of years ago, and like was I mean, I owned him in a dynasty fantasy league and thought I was like the smartest guy ever. Now I'm seeing him on like free agent pickup lists, like as if no one in the world even owns him anymore. Um, I it se- still seems like he has swing and miss stuff, but he can't really seem to put it all together. Um, it, it feels like a little bit of Blake Snell to me, just a guy that has a lot of stuff but never really seems to be able to put it together five, in, five innings at a time. The uh, other two games of this series will feature Ryan Nelson against Braxton Garrett, and then on Sunday, what an incredible pitching matchup. Zach Gowan and Sandy Alcantara. I have to imagine that the total for that game on Sunday is hovering around six. Yeah, probably. Uh, if you get a seven, uh, I think especially with a little Sandy bounce back from getting shelled in Philadelphia, that might be a, a, a banger potentially. But um, yeah, I feel like you're probably seeing a pretty low total. Getaway day, unders, certainly that's the time to do it, I would say, though. So, I mean, maybe they'll have three and a half and it'll still be some value. <laughs> on yeah, maybe a first five under or yeah. prob- probably a good a good day to pick a nerfy uh, for those two pitchers. Uh, Let's move on to the Philadelphia Phillies and the Cincinnati Reds. They will continue their four-game set coming up here on Friday. Taiwan Walker against Connor Overton, and the Phillies are minus 150. I I mean, hard to – I mean, big, big numbers here. You know, you got to lay the wood if you're playing favorites in this sport right now. Um, I don't know. Do we have any interest in back in the Reds, though? I mean, at home is nice, I guess. At the totals nine and a half, and if if there was a game in this series that you would play the over because we love overs in Cincinnati, I feel like this would be the game because the the pitching matchups for Saturday and Sunday are pretty decent. Matt Strom, who's looked good this season against Graham Ashcraft, and then Aaron Nola and Luis Sessa on Sunday. So I feel like if if you were to pick one of these games to go over, it would be this one here on Friday, I think. Yeah, possibly. I also, I mean... If, I don't know if we have any half Kelly, full Kellys out there just running overs on this series. I feel like, uh, unfortunately, I'm not convinced by Ashcraft nor Luis Sessa, I got to say. Um, and Aaron Nola's been awful to start the year. Matt Strom, uh, 
I'll trust him in September when he's shown he can do this the whole season. <laughs> we have the Giants at the Tigers. This is the uh, first game of their series. And game one will feature Sean Manaya getting the start going up against Joey Wentz for Detroit, San Francisco, minus 142 favorites in this one. Sean uh, he's gotten some swing and misses this year. Um, uh, faded him with the Royals. Last Saturday, uh, deserved to win. He was really good. Um, maybe you could say that was the Royals that he was opposing and it was at home, which was nice. But um, here he is against another AL Central team that isn't really trying to win baseball games. Um, I still have big questions on the San Francisco bullpen at this point, mm. but it does feel like to me San Francisco is at least trying to make the playoffs. I don't think you'd say the same about Detroit. You're not a fan of the Rodgers twins in the bullpen? I mean, it is pretty confusing about who's going to be out there, but I don't know if I don't know if scouting reports are really that useful when one is a right-handed thrower and one's a lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and one is the submariner as well. So yeah, <laughs> right. Um, right. no announced starter for Detroit on Saturday, but Anthony DiSclefani is going to go for the Giants on Saturday, and he has quietly had a really nice start to his season. Uh, I'm going to be looking to back him. Uh, in in every start, really moving forward, I I see Michael Lorenzen possibly. I mean, good luck with some of these uh, projecting starting pitchers. We are doing it for the people, trying to do the best we can. Uh, don't hate us if if someone gets scratched or there's something gets moved around. But um, yeah, I mean, Disclafani he has great great starts from time to time. I feel like you just don't want to back him against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, and Logan Webb going against Matthew Boyd on uh, Sunday. Uh, moving on, the Guardians at the Nationals. Cleveland minus 155 in the uh, opener here on Friday, and it's going to be Cal Quantrill going up against Trevor Williams. I'm just trying to figure out a spot where the Nationals are going to get a win in this series. I mean, it's the, the beautiful thing is they're going to play tight games most likely because Cleveland doesn't score very well, um, but and we also have a Patrick Corbin Sunday. I'm surprised you haven't brought that one up. Sorry. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. The Nats, like, I, it's just, it's got to be, I feel bad for their broadcasters. You know, you got to travel around and, and follow this AAA team, maybe double A. Yeah. Uh, Saturday's matchup, Zach Plesak against Chad Cool, and then Shane Bieber against Patrick Corbin. I'm going to ask you, Griffin, predict the line. For Sunday's game, Shane Bieber, Patrick Corbin. I mean, we're probably thinking three runs for Bieber, uh, four and a quarter, four and something like that. Then we add on some bullpens. I mean, we, Bieber's got to be in the minus 200s, maybe minus 250. I was going to say minus 250 is probably what we're going to look at here for that Sunday matchup. I'll probably look to play uh, a, a Guardian's first five innings against Patrick Corbin, lay, lay the half a run. Uh, Twins and Yankees will play the second game of their four-game set after the Twins absolutely shellacked the Yankees on Thursday night, 11-2. And so the Yankees will counter here on Friday with Nasty Nestor Cortez going up against Tyler Molle. And uh, Yanks hoping to, you know, bounce back. You know, it's funny. I picked the Yankees on Thursday because, you know, the Twins haven't really been doing much offensively. And also, they used their closer, Duran, two games in a row. And I'm like, well, they're not going to have their closer. So even if the Yankees are trailing late, they're, you know, they ha- they'll have a chance. Yeah, I didn't expect nine runs in the top of the first inning. The game was over before the Yankees even got their first at bat. 
Yeah, I'm sorry to say this. It was actually one of my bigger plays of the season so far uh, on the Twins today. But I, I, to be frank, I was terrified of a close game. Um, it's really nice to not even turn the game on yet, and it's already 8 nothing yeah. fresh. But um, I feel like those are a thing that I'm trying to pay a little bit more attention to. Um, unfortunately, after watching the, the D-backs enter the seventh inning with a no-hitter on Monday night, and then uh, next thing I knew, they were trailing by a touchdown. Um, unfortunately, you got to have bullpens. you got to have them available. I don't blame you for that. Um, I was kind of more looking at Joe Ryan off, of, off to mm-hmm. a good start the season and just not really being sure that Brito, with his five innings pitched against some kind of weaker offenses with a very low K rate, if that was a good enough thing for him to do against Minnesota. But honestly, looking at the starting pitchers, the probables in this series – it might be Varlin tomorrow. Yeah, it looks like looks, it looks like Male has been pushed to Saturday. Okay, um, which then I imagine Maeda moves to Sunday, and Pablo Lopez goes to Mon- or Tuesday, I guess, at Boston. Um, that's not a really bad. I, I got to say, um, while I just kind of didn't buy Minnesota when you put me on the spot, um, I feel like that's a pretty good rotation. If they, of course, they need to keep people healthy. We'll see what happens to Pablo Lopez if he can, he can last the whole season being effective, but. Um, with this, what they have out there, I mean, maybe they're being smart and trying to use a six-man rotation and give these guys some rest because it's just it's not really about winning games in June or July. It's about winning games in September, unfortunately, and then October. So uh, maybe Minnesota's got an idea here. Yeah, the Yankees will be pitching Nessa Cortez, Domingo Herman, and Garrett Cole on Sunday as they look to uh, salvage this series after dropping game one on Thursday night. The Rays will look to make it 14-0 and when they take on the Blue Jays at Rogers Center. Drew Rasmussen against Jose Barrios. And as much as I want to back Toronto, not with this pitching matchup. I, I mean, Rasmussen, if you want to like try to find some flaws in him, good luck. Uh, Jose Barrios, on the other hand, I mean, one of the biggest names in baseball coming up from the, through the minors. Um, didn't really work in Minnesota. If they really liked him, they would have kept him. He moved on. Toronto, I feel like, has tried to make him into something. Pete Walker didn't really have a ton of success. He still seems so inconsistent to me. Um, and it was a favorite at Kansas City earlier this year against Brady Singer, which to me was nuts. Um, and, and I got to say, I don't trust Barrios to do anything. Um, the, the winning streaks, they only, they only stop once, just like the losing streaks. So um, Tampa Bay are nothing for me tomorrow night. And it looks like on Saturday we'll see Yusei Kikuchi and it'll probably be a Fleming Beaks game for the Rays. And then an incredible pitching matchup on Sunday, Shane McClanahan and Alec Manoa. Uh, big fan of McClanahan. He's my American League Cy Young pick. So, I, Hey, big fan here. Swing and miss is always there, it seems. Um, Tampa's done a really good job with maintaining his arm as he's built up from basically being a four-inning starter to a five-inning starter. Maybe we get a little more length this year. Uh, I'm wondering, do you think McClanahan's going to be favored on Sunday at Manoa? Mm. I only asked a tough question, Scott. I know. I, I I would, but I don't think he will be. And yeah. and maybe. it might be one of the – it might just be minus 110 both ways. I, maybe, but if you're a sports book and you have t- Tampa Bay and underdog, good you can't, Yeah, you, you can't do it. Good but but luck. But then again, honestly, even – you know, you're giving me Alec Manoa at plus 130. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, even though sure. it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I got the home team, so I got the hammer, and I got Alec Manoa, and I got plus 130 probably. 
yeah, it's a tough line for these books to make on Sunday. Either way you slice it. Uh, the Angels and the Red Sox will play here on Friday night. Patrick Sandoval against Tanner Huck. The Angels minus 120 favorites on the road. Total of 9.5, and, and even though it's Sandoval on the hill, it's an over at Fenway on Apple TV. I can't get away from it. I, you're gonna have to enlighten me on that Apple TV. Over. Oh, you were th- last year. This was a big thing. Uh, Apple TV overs. It was the conspiracy because, um, you know, it was the first year that Apple had yep. had the major league contract, and there was rumors of, uh, well, not rumors, but Reddit conspiracy theories of the different types of baseballs being used during Apple TV games, which always seemed to have a lot more runs and uh, would have more overs than unders. To, well, to I, attract I don't know the about you, Scott. I believe everything on Reddit, so yeah. um, I'm sad I missed it. Um, I will say, I feel like, because I remember specifically being like, wow, I really need to get Apple TV because I was, for some reason, because I think they had usually a double header, and I was, it's, it felt like I was betting the Mariners in the, in the nightcap every time. And they were always so on like, Friday night. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm going to have to buy this thing because, like, I literally cannot even watch the game I'm trying to bet. I, like, Go try to stream it, and then I'm like, do I really want to listen to it on the radio on, on MLB TV or something like that? No thanks. Um, so I eventually bought bought it, came in, um, and you know, I I don't know what to say. The Angels, like, it feels really weird. Like I have a lot of sirens going off because I think the Angels have kept me like solvent for years and years, just betting against them as often as I could because they're getting too much respect from the marketplace. It feels weird that I kind of side with them in this one. I'm just looking to bet against Boston. I feel like it doesn't take very long for everything to go to hell in a handbasket with that fan base. Um, certainly not the, uh, the most stable um, talk radio in Boston is an absolute joke when they're losing. Um, I feel like the Red Sox more so than any of the other teams. Um, and But it, it's really weird for me to see L.A. favored on the opposite coast, though. Uh, I was kind of hoping I could get a Sandoval price here. I'm, I'm not sure I'll have it. Mm. Uh, the rest of the pitching matchup, this is a wraparound series, so they will play four games and conclude on Monday. Uh, but you got Tyler Anderson against Nick Pavetta, Reed Detmers, and Garrett Whitlock. And then we'll talk about this game when we do our Sunday night pod. But on Monday, you'll have Shohei Otani and Chris Sale. And this, I believe, I, it's not, is it the Patriots Day game? Uh, that would be the 11 a.m. start. I, I feel like it's got to be the April. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I thought it was always on April 20th. Um, but I guess it's uh, I guess that it is the April 17th game. Yeah, so it is. It's going to be Patriots Day. So it'll be an 11 a.m. start. And it's Shohei Otani, Chris Sale. Oh, man. How can, can you bet against the Red Sox on Patriots Day? I mean, uh, with that matchup, I feel like. You certainly want to. Uh, it's going to be weird early start for the Angels, but um, I think it goes uh, Boston Marathon right into Shohei Otani with a nice win, an up and down day for Boston. What, what what if I told you the Red Sox were seventy and fifty three on Patriots Day? Um, well, I'm impressed that I would think a home team should win that more often than lose it. Uh, I also feel like. <laughs> Growing up in the Boston area and being a Red Sox fan because they were terrible, and I feel like that kind of cultured me to what I like in this world, which is underdogs. Um, it makes sense that they would have kind of had a really tough time. I'm on just Patriots saying. Day. I'm just saying that you know the Red Sox will be big, will be underdogs against Shohei Otani with as bad as Chris Sale has been, but it's Patriots Day. 
I, I think I'm going to have to bet the Red Sox on Monday. Well, I mean, if you are, uh, it sounds you sound like a much more sentimental guy than me, Scott. I gotta say, <laughs> come on, it's 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 the whole city's gonna be off of work. Everyone gets hammered. You got the marathon. You got 11 a.m. baseball game. It's a it's a great day in town. Uh, let's talk about the Orioles and the White Sox. Mike Clevenger goes for Chicago against Tyler Wells for the the. The slamming Orioles, whose offense just continues to shine. Baltimore minus 120 on the road here on Friday. Yeah, what are we talking about here? The Orioles are now favored at, in Chicago. Like, what? Like, I, maybe this is, I haven't had a great start this Major League Baseball season. Um, some of these lines are banana land to me. I mean, yes, the, the Orioles got a lot of respect for sure in Boston, that first series. Um, we're pretty good in Texas and Arlington as well. Um, and I mean, I've been showing out with like still a roster to me that looks like they're still trying to tank. It's not really going very well because they keep winning games. Um, Clevenger has been kind of all over the place, but ultimately like we know he has a great arm. The problem, I guess the big question is if he can harness it. I was pretty impressed with Tyler Wells last year for Baltimore. They've got a a much more stable pen. Anything with Reynaldo Lopez closing like the White Sox have right now makes me want to handle it with, with like emergency gloves or something like that. But um, I'm a little surprised to see the Orioles getting so much love, I got to say. Kyle Gibson uh, against Michael Kopech on Saturday and on Sunday, Dylan Cease, it's Dylan Cease Day, goes up against Grayson Rodriguez. I would imagine that Cease and the um, Sox will be significant favorites in that game. Uh, moving, uh, yeah, moving along, we got the Braves at the Royals. Charlie Morton against Brady Singer. Atlanta minus one forty on the road here. Atlanta also off to a, the second best record in baseball, nine and four to start the year. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I do like the idea of the Royals. For some reason, I feel like I bet that team more than anyone in baseball, which probably speaks to why I need to check my, myself in somewhere, but. Um, the Braves, I mean, are still one of the best teams in baseball. That lineup is terrifying. I feel like Charlie Morton was trying to retire two years ago. So I always question backing him in a lot of situations. And I feel like when he's bad, he can get roughed up. The problem is I went to the Royals game on Monday night, uh, took a one, nothing lead in the first, first inning, first half of the game, uh, first half inning of the game, excuse me. And literally did nothing after that. I struck out nine times in a row against Andrew Heaney. Um, I don't really have a lot of faith in the KC lineup, I got to say. I do really like Brady Singer, uh, but he kind of looked like he didn't have a lot of answers in San Francisco last weekend, and this is a much better lineup. Uh, I'm, I'm scared enough off of Singer, I think, though I've backed him twice so far this year. On Saturday, we have Bryce Elder against Chris Bubich, and on Sunday, Kyle Wright against Zach Greinke. Uh, I would think the Braves take two of three uh, of this series. Yeah, uh, I think they win the series. Um, probably even worth looking. Maybe they sweep here. Uh, I feel like the best chance that Kansas City has will be Singer. I also feel like Grinky might not make that start. Mm. Um, a because he's terrible, and B because <laughs> it, he was he called the trainer out, had some sort of shoulder thing. Everyone thought he was coming out of the game on Monday, but uh, hung in there, and then they were down eleven to one. The Rangers at the Astros. Houston minus 160, which is very surprising. Luis Garcia is on the hill. But Martin Perez was one of the best pitchers in baseball last season. And it's not like he's gotten off to a bad start this year. Is this too heavy of a price for the Astros? And do we look to bet the Rangers here? I'm looking at it. Honestly, I feel like Luis Garcia, uh, I backed him in Minnesota against the Twins. 
Um, he was not good there. I feel like he's usually one of those guys that we talked about, like Trevor Rogers, Blake Snell, that has a really bad inning from time to time. For me, it's usually after he goes five scoreless and he gives up a three-run shot in the sixth, but um, it's really hard to trust that. And I feel like um, the Houston start to the season has been pretty subpar. Um, maybe it's a little bit of a World Series hangover or something like that. You don't get in the gym so hard when you're drinking champagne out of, uh, I guess, hunk of metal, as uh, <laughs> Robert might call it. But um, I feel like Texas has been pretty good. Uh, one of my good friends here, I, I live in the Dallas area and or, or in downtown Dallas, and, and my friend is like, yo, you got you to gotta look out. The Rangers are going to win this with the World Series. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really going to believe it, but they're off to a good start. They sp- spent some money. I do worry a little bit about Corey Seager's yeah. hamstring injury, but um, still feel like this is a little bit more of a rivalry than you'd think. I mean, it, you'd think looking at from the top that two Texas teams would be like guns blazing going after each other. It's not really that way, but I think it does mean a little bit more up here especially because the Astros fan just called the Texas Rangers the Arlington Rangers. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Gray goes against Hunter Brown on Saturday. And then Sunday night baseball, it's Framber Valdez against Andrew Haney. And I'm sure when ESPN scheduled this game, they were hoping it was going to be DeGrom against Framber Valdez because that certainly would be a nice Sunday night baseball matchup. But, hey, Andrew Haney, um, you know, I guess he – had a really good start last uh, start against Kansas City, as you mentioned. He did. Uh, I didn't even notice that he struck out nine in a row, setting an American, <laughs> American League record, I believe. But, um, I mean, still, I feel like there's some decent price tags on, on the Rangers this weekend. Um, you probably need to win two out of three to be profitable, but it probably wouldn't be that big of a stretch. If you just pick two you like the best, go one and one and get out of there with some, with some profit in your pocket. The Pirates and the Cardinals continue their series. Cardinals got blanked on Thursday 5-0, and they'll look to bounce back, sending John Woodford to the mound against Johan Oviedo. And I I like the Cardinals in this matchup for one reason. Oviedo was a Cardinals farmhand. Um, Did pitch a couple of games in the majors over the course of a couple of years. So I feel like this entire Cardinals staff just knows what they're going to get from Oviedo. And I think that's going to be to their advantage here on Friday. Yeah. And, and they gave him a lot of chances to really become uh, a stronghold, uh, to take a position, to grab a slot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm blanking on words here, but unfortunately he never really took that. And I feel like they gave him plenty of chances. So um, yeah, it's a little scary to get, especially with the Cardinals and knowing their scouting that they have a book on them. Um, and he plays for one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I just like the Cardinals in a bounce-back spot as well. On Saturday, it'll be Steven Matz against Rosnick Contreras, and then on Sunday, Miles Michaelis goes against Mitch Keller, and uh, Michaelis has been, I'm not even like just saying it, like he's been the worst starting pitcher to start the year. Through three starts, he is the worst pitcher in, in baseball, and I, if he doesn't get it right soon, we might have to be talking about the Cardinals removing him from the rotation. I mean, good thing it's a long season. You can survive those sort of things. Um, I, it's hard to say because, I mean, Miles Michaels has some great outings in him. I can't really explain it. He just seems to be a pitch-to-contact guy in a league where you don't really want to do that. 
The Mets take on the A's and my National League Rookie of the Year pick, Kode Senga, who is off to a tremendous start, will take on James Caprillian. The Mets are minus 215 on the road. Only way to play this is the Mets, in my opinion. I'll look at Senga's strikeouts. That ghost forkball is one of the best swing and miss pitches in baseball this season. I just wish they would call it a, a gyro ball so we could get the Daisuke Matsuzaka stuff coming in because I think we're still waiting to see what that was going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a great – I mean, I, I feel like with your Rookie of the Year uh, ticket for Senga, if you had if you had missed out on an at Oakland start, I'm pretty sure you would have cried. So very <laughs> happy for you that you got one of these. Yep, the rest of the pitching matchup, uh, it's, it's too bad that you don't get – a all-Japanese pitching matchup on Saturday. Shintaro Fujinami will pitch for Oakland against Carlos Carrasco. Max Scherzer faces J.P. Sears on Sunday. I like the Mets to take at least two of three in this series. If not, get the complete three-game sweep. The Brewers face the Padres. Michael Waka against Eric Lauer. And um, I don't know what to make. Of, of the Brewers this year. I've wanted to fade them, uh, but then all of a sudden it's like they win games that, that I bet against them, and then they lose games where I think they're going to win. So I, I, I honestly don't know what to make of this team right now. Well, that makes two of us. I think whatever I expect them to do, they do the opposite. Um, they were, I think it was rather telling to see Eric Lauer, speaking of, um, close such a big underdog on Saturday night uh, to Jordan Montgomery, who closed a pretty small favorite to the Toronto Blue Jays at home and a Sunday start. And I don't know, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think the sports books are also the marketplace is also trying to figure everything out. Uh, but specifically the Brewers, I think they have a bullpen that looks like it has some out getters, but not a lot of them. They have a rotation that looks like they have some good starting pitchers, but they don't go very deep in games. So there's a bit of a gap there. And I just don't believe in the Brewers lineup whatsoever right now. Uh, it seemed like it was really, really quiet against Merrill Kelly until the bullpen came in in the seventh inning on uh, Tuesday night, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really trust it. And they're going – Lauer's got some home run issues so far this year. And he's going against a, a San Diego team that's going to slug quite a bit. So um, I, I'm pretty impressed by, by San Diego so far, what they've done coming from like a small market and then spending all this money. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's going to end up to a bankruptcy in a couple years, but uh, if they keep winning, maybe it won't. Uh, the matchup on Saturday: Freddie Peralta and Seth Lugo, Wade Miley and Hugh Darvish complete the series, the four-game series on Sunday. Uh, yeah, that is a four-game series that began here on Thursday. You got the Cubs and the Dodgers from LA. Noah Syndergaard goes for the Dodgers. Justin Steele for the Cubbies. I really like Steele's swing and miss. I feel like I was backing him a lot last year, mm-hmm. which, uh, mm-hmm. again, speaks to me potentially needing to uh, see some, seek some assistance in this world. But um, Syndergaard, I mean, he, I feel like, was kind of somehow getting some outs last year that wasn't really expected. The nice part is he's only improved his team going to the Dodgers. So, uh, I feel like he's probably bigger of a favorite than I would expect him to be, but also not one I'm looking to go against on the road in the Hollywood, uh, L.A., Hollywood, whatever you call the music, organist, everything that's going to make it such a weird thing for any visiting team that's not used to it. Uh, Jameson Tyone against Michael Grove on Saturday. On Sunday, Drew Smiley and Julio 
Urias will complete that nice. series. Dodgers minus 170 coming up here on Friday. Rockies at the Mariners. Marco Gonzalez against Austin Gomer and Seattle minus 178 in the uh, opener here of this set. Gigantic, uh, especially for a guy that, that's going to strike out two guys in seven innings ultimately. Um, but who, who's back in the Rockies at this point? Uh, even if you do get a lead with Gomber having a good night, uh, which is few and far between. He can be good, but there are some really bad ones that happen in there. Uh, I've learned from backing him or owning him in fantasy. Um, I feel like even if they get a lead, what's the Colorado bullpen going to do, unfortunately? Yeah, the game I'm really looking to back Seattle is on Sunday when Luis Castillo pitches because uh, Luis Castillo to the Mariners is like Dylan Cease to the uh, to the White Sox. When, when he, you circle his name on the calendar every fifth day, and that's when you bet the team. So far, he's only allowed two runs in. 17 and two-thirds innings of work this season. I, I got to say, I'm pretty interested because Herman Marquez has some really good stuff. He, he's kind of vacillated between having good course field years and, and good road years. Um, I feel like he's got a little bit of the stuff that you would want to kind of keep Seattle off balance. Getaway day as uh, the Rockies are heading home for Pittsburgh and Seattle is potentially uh, – they're I guess they're hosting Milwaukee, so they're not going anywhere. But – um, I feel like that screams under uh, maybe a three first five innings, something like that. Mm. All right. Let's best bet time. Griffin, I'll let you go first. Do you have a best bet here on the board on Friday? I do. But also before we get to that, let's save the people some money. Uh, use the promo code HIT20. HIT, H-I-T, like we're out there trying to get a hit. Um, not make hits, but get hits. Singular, H-I-T, 20, good for 20% off. For all listeners of MLB Podcasts, good for seven days from the podcast release. So you got till 420. Uh, don't want you to guys think about it and forget or something like that. Uh, but make sure you use the promo code HIT20. We get some credit if you do. Uh, so good in there. Save yourself 20%. Uh, I'm sure Scotty's got a ton of picks coming out. Um, I got soccer stuff coming out all weekend, all week. I feel like soccer never takes a day off. Uh, and plenty of other great handicappers at pregame as well. For my best event for this episode, I'm going to go with the White Sox and Mike Clevenger. Um, it just feels like a number that's too too off to me. Uh, I'm currently seeing plus 103 at Bet Online. So White Sox currently an underdog at home to the road Baltimore Orioles. I, I'm not necessarily a believer in Tyler Wells just yet. Um, might need all of your nose. The Orioles have been playing well, but I think the White Sox at home are too much for the Orioles. So I'll take that plus 103. I'm going to go with the Mets in the first five innings, and I'm going to lay the half a run. So it's minus 130 for the Mets. In the first five innings, I'm going to back my boy Kode Senga, who really should not give up more than one or two runs to this A's team in the first five innings of the game. And then James Caprillion will probably get lit up uh, <laughs> because he just has not been great this season. Oakland, by the way, only averages little over 2.17 runs per first five innings. Now, the Mets aren't exactly a high-scoring team either, but when you consider the fact that James Caprillion in his first two starts has allowed 12 runs on 14 hits in just nine and two-thirds innings, if the Mets can scratch across two runs off of him in the first five innings with the way Senga has looked so far, I think they should have a lead after five innings. Origato, Mr. Senga. Yes. Ghost Forkball in Oakland. 
He is Griffin Warner. I'm Scott Seidenberg. If you are not subscribed to RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, make sure you do so. If you're listening to this podcast, we assume that you're a follower, but you just might have clicked on a Twitter link and you're listening and you just want the promo code and the picks and you're not following. Click follow, subscribe. Do not miss an episode, not just of the Major League Baseball podcast, but of every podcast we offer on RJ Bell's Dream Preview, including the main podcast, the Dream Preview, which comes out every single week. So make sure you hit the follow button, subscribe, leave a little rating and review as well. And Griffin and I will be back with you Sunday night into Monday morning with another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview Major League Baseball podcast.